0: It was a grim time for the people of God. They had taken the privilege of being called as God's people for granted. They had come to believe there was something inherently special about themselves and they looked down the bridges of their noses at the rest of the world. They had gone astray many times before, and God had always sent His Word through the prophets to correct them. But this time was different. Now, by the power of the Word become flesh, The people of God would be reformed again. Jesus Christ. We hear those words from the beginning of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And as he goes on, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This time, no word would come through a prophet's mouth, but rather the word himself would come and dwell in the midst of the people of God and teach authoritatively. When he offended, would be nailed to a cross, and after three days, rise in triumph over sin, death, and the devil. And then, and then, he would ascend to the right hand of God and on Pentecost Sunday, his t- people, his followers would be empowered to go out and spread his word throughout all nations. And by the power of the word of God, the reformation of the people continued. As the disciples went out, they, with great fervor, spread the word of what Jesus had done, who he was, so that people could trust in his work. And by the power of the word of God on that first Pentecost Sunday, 3,000 or so became Christians. And it rippled outward into the wider world, and by the power of the Word of God, the reformation continued. And then, and then those apostles started to die off or be killed off, more to the point. And the people of God who were anticipating Jesus' immediate return began to look at each other and say, "'What are we going to do?' How are we going to preserve the stories of Jesus as Peter and Andrew and James and all the rest of them are dying away? We'll write them down. And the Word that became flesh, now the Word became ink in the words of the New Testament. And we inherit those words today, and by the power of the Word of God, the Reformation continued. Well, to be a Christian in those early centuries meant to endure persecution. At the very least, you were going to be made fun of by your friends and relations for believing in something as stupid as a Jewish Messiah. And depending on who the emperor was, persecution could go up as high as being fed to the lions or burned at the stake. You had to really believe in what you said you believed in in order to risk those things. But then something changed. The emperor, Constantine, became a Christian. And all of a sudden, whereas to be as Christian before had simply been to court disaster and persecution, and maybe martyrdom. Now, now everyone wanted to be a Christian because it was a way of social climbing. And a group of people thought, we're going to lose something here. We're going to lose our fervor. We're going to lose our committed nature. And they started going out to the desert and wrapping their lives around the contemplation and memorization of those, that word made ink in the New Testament. And by the power of the word of God, in those early monks, the Reformation continued. Then... Like all good ideas, our human nature got in the way and the monastic movement became dissolute. And by the time a young Augustinian monk named Martin Luther came on the scene in the late 1400s, the Monasteries were not bastions of godliness any longer. And this young man was tortured by the idea of a God who simply wanted to send him to hell and was looking for the slightest infraction to do so. In the world in which Martin Luther was born into, the ultimate Christian act was to give the perfect confession and then die right away so you didn't have a chance to go out and sin again. Martin Luther viewed God as horribly stringent and demanding. And as he went searching for some way to love God, when in fact he felt like he hated God most of the time, his spiritual director, Johannes Stoppitz, said to him, I'm going to send you away to become a scholar of the scriptures. I am sending you in fact to the scriptures, which means I am sending you to Christ. The great translator of the Bible Jerome had said centuries before that ignorance of the scriptures was ignorance of Christ. And as Martin Luther went to the scriptures He discovered while studying the book of Habakkuk that the righteous shall live not by their righteous works, not by their perfect confession, but rather by their faith. By the power of the word of God, the Reformation came into his life. And he began to preach that word of God to the world. And... As it went out, the world was changed, not just among the Protestants, but also among the Catholics in what we call sometimes the Counter-Reformation. But really, it was the same ideas taking form in a Catholic mold so that today, in 2017, the 500th anniversary of the day that Martin Luther nailed those original 95 points of debate to adore door. On a church in Wittenberg. Today, we wrote the Roman Catholics and we Lutherans have an agreement that yes, we are saved by grace through faith, that none may boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. By the power of the word of God, the reformation continued. And then 20-odd years ago, 25 years ago, a young recently married man sat on his bed reading the Gospel of Luke. And he said to his young wife, this guy doesn't look anything like the one we talk about in church. And he was converted to the Gospel of Jesus Christ by the power of the word of God I became a Christian and the reformation continued in my life and then I started ministering to people I remember a young woman of 16 who had had an abortion and her parents had kicked her out of the house after arranging for the abortion and driving her to the abortion clinic they then kicked her out of the house for having it And as I met with her and she told me that she was terrified of God's forgiveness because if she felt forgiven, she was afraid she would be just like everyone else who had had an abortion and hadn't cared. And I shared with her, I opened my Bible and shared with her from this place and that place and that place talking about the unmerited grace we have In Jesus Christ, and as the tears started to flow by the power of the Word of God, the reformation continued in her life. And so it is with each of us. As we encounter the Word of God, we become convicted of our need for a Savior as we measure our lives against the perfect righteousness of God and what humanity should look like if we were truly made in God's image and we're not living that way. And then we hear of the unmerited, unearnable grace we receive in Jesus Christ from that same word. And each of us, one heart at a time perhaps the same heart over and over and over again becomes transformed by that word and by the power of the word of God the reformation continues and so it was with a young man on December 6th 1941 young young Navy crewman went and, to a Bible study. And as he sat with about 15 other naval, not officers, they were just enlisted men, as he sat with them, the Bible study leader asked them, you know, just tell me, we're on first night together, tell me your favorite Bible verse. And suddenly his mind went blank. He he had gone grown up going to church three times a week with his family, and all of a sudden he couldn't remember even one verse of the Word of God. And as it they went around the circle, he suddenly finally remembered John three sixteen. God so loved the world. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. And then then the young. Young man, right before him, took his verse (laughs) and he was left blank. As he lay in bed that night following his Bible study, he said to himself, Roy, you are a fake. He went to, to bed convicted of his own hypocrisy. At 7 a.m., the klaxon sounded alerting the crewmen that the Japanese were attacking Pearl Harbor. As he ran to a machine gun nest to try and defend Pearl Harbor from the incoming attack, they had only had training rounds, so he said for the first 15 minutes of the battle, we had nothing to fire at the enemy but blanks. And he said, I realized that this was a picture of my life. I said I loved God. I said I was a follower of Jesus Christ, but I had no ammunition with which to live my life, to fight my battle of faith. And he promised God, he said, if I live through this day, I will become a more devoted servant. And that's exactly what he did. Roy Robertson went on to become one of the first missionaries of the Navigators organization, the organization that certified me as a coach this past summer. He helped Billy Graham in the heyday of his crusades and became a strong and powerful witness to Christ at a personal level and left materials for the rest of us to become the same way. And by the power of the Word of God, the Reformation continued. It continues now, here, in our midst. As we hear the Word preached, as we are convicted of our sin and hear the words of God's forgiveness and we allow the Word to change us in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Reformation continues. What will God make of us? What will we make of the Word of God? The question confronting us on the 500th anniversary of the Reformation is not what was done 500 years ago, but what is God doing in our midst right now? we could be a Roy Robertson or a Martin Luther, setting the world right, not by our own efforts, but by the power of the Word of God. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Holy and Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we have the witness of those who came before us to strengthen us in our faith. Truly, we are dwarves standing on the shoulders of giants, as they used to say in the Middle Ages. But it's not enough for us to celebrate the past, Lord. We ask that you would transform us by the power of your word. Teach us to be more faithful disciples. Help us speak words of life to those in doubt and death and affliction by sin. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be the people you have called us to be in our homes, in our businesses, on the streets. And here, as we assemble, let us reach out with your love, hoping not for gain, but in faith, knowing that you have accomplished all. Empower us by your grace, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen